Welcome to the latest edition of the Progress with Unity podcast. It's been another great weekend and following on from Sunday's show, we have a look back at the Carabao Cup game against local rivals Bolton in what was their cup final. I'm joined by Barry Adam, who I was joined with yesterday at the DW. And I know they're, they're both fighting, fitting and fine health. So straight into it, Barry. What did you make overall of the uh, of the game yesterday? Brilliant yeah. stuff. More impressed with the atmosphere, to be honest with you. I mean, how good was that when we were sat in that stand, just listening to the banter to and fro from the Bolton fans and the Latics fans, made the earth stand up on the back of your neck. It was electric, that atmosphere. And I think above anything else, that's what we've missed. And it was... It was great that it's happened so early in the season where we've had a, a larger way following. Yeah, I thought it was tremendous. I just loved it. Was the game any good? Does it matter? We've got rocket feet taking penalties for us, so get in there. Yeah, I, I must admit, I you know, fully, fully agree with you on the uh, the old atmosphere and what have you. Um, it was it was great. Obviously, I joined you over in the East End yesterday, which was different for me, but it, it was great, wasn't it? Like I said, hairs on the back of your neck, stand up. Yeah, uh, Adam, a crowd of 11,660 with north of 4,600 from from Bolton. What do you make of that and how good is it to see that so early on in a, in a cup that probably means nothing to both clubs? I think I'm right in saying that it's the biggest crowd since the last time we played Bolton, I suspect, uh, in that competition. And we had... What, over 7,000 of our own fans again for the third consecutive home game, which I think is really good. Um, because obviously with this game as well, it's a bit of a different one. It's hard to judge. On the one hand, it's a local derby, which always gets people interested. But on the other hand, it's a game where season ticket holders have to put their hands in the pockets. That probably balances it out. And then maybe the odd little bit of worry because, you know... Rumours were circulated that there might be a little bit of trouble at the game and that might put a few people off. Uh, I think, as I said previously, I think that Wickham game uh, the week before was a good benchmark for us in terms of crowd because we got 7,000 at that one as well, which looks like our hardcore and then we'll have a few floating fans. So the atmosphere was fantastic. You know, fair play to the Bolton fans. They were part of it as well. The team is awful and the manager stinks, but... The fans still tried to get behind them and uh, well done James McLean on making Liam Richardson smile as he had an altercation with our favourite manager Ian Everett. Barry, you covered it earlier on, obviously 0-0 over 90 minutes and penalties you've alluded to, Super Jamie Jones with the uh, what turned out to be the batsman in penalty, 5-4. On the night, it's not a nice way to lose, but it's an excellent way to win, isn't it? Fantastic way to win. Well, it's a bit of a lottery. You know, those penalties, they can go one way or another, uh, as we found out to our to our peril in the past. You know, with their own form at the moment, especially with, like, again, like we said, Jamie Jones made a cracking save for one of them. And you can't argue with that finish. And on the night, I thought Jordan Jones's penalty was a bit weak. But when I've seen the replay, he's not half struck it well. And Matt Zilch has, has just guessed the right way. So I think that was unfortunate that 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 was saved. I mean, the, the one that Jones has saved, it was uh, a little bit, it was close to him. So it, that would, I won't say it was a poor p- penalty, but, you know, it wasn't the best penalty. Fantastic excitement. Better than going into extra time. I'd say so. The, the players are not going to be as knackered 
come the weekend, as you played, and at this stage of the competition, just I'm I'm absolutely buzzing off it though. We just cannot believe the atmosphere again. Getting back in there, we've had a long time locked in our houses, watching it all on iFollow, banging our heads in the wall because we couldn't go. Just that release of being there and feeling feeling the the breath of people sat behind you, it's in the back of your head. And, you know, some, some people ended up with advertising boards, it's in the back of their heads, but we'll not go into that one. Absolutely fantastic being there with a big crowd on, buzzing. I've just lost for words, really. Ecstatic, ecstatic. Let's have penalties every week for every game. If this is a draw, well, go to a penalty shootout. While, while we're on the topic of uh, Jamie Jones, and that's how we started, obviously, penalty save. I scored what turned out to be our, our winning goal. Um, the the poll Barry suggested that uh, with 42% of the vote, he got the man of the match. So there's a lot of people in the same camp as you. He wasn't really tested on the night, was he? But um, he did what he had to do. And club captain led by example, which is um, which is absolutely fun, Dabby Dozy. Adam mentioned then as well uh, about James McLean. Um, and Ian Everett's having a, a bit of a spat. Uh, I've seen somewhere today that Everett claimed that Bolton didn't lose because it was nil-nil. I'm sure um, the statistics will show that Wigan progressed and so obviously there was one team that got beat. Uh, good to see McLean get some uh, minutes. I think there was a, a few occasions, I know we were having discussions, where when he's put a cross in, if we'd had Charlie White there, the outcome might have been different yesterday. So it's really, really promising. And, you know, as you said in the past, it's a, it's a real coup to have James McLean in that side. But when all said and done, we're through. Cracking atmosphere. Uh, the roar of the crowd. I've watched back some highlights today and the roar of the crowd when we get that winning penalty or the, the Delfonso puts the ball over. The roar from the DW is great. Great to see Stephen Humphrey's uh, little tweet about the... Uh, the Harlem Globetrotters as well. Um, yeah, feel the factors well and truly there. But I don't think there's any much more we can really cover on that game. It was nil-nil, penalty win, into the hats. And at the time of recording, we're just waiting for that uh, draw to come in. Ball number 27. Hopefully, we'll get, uh, for me, I'd like a, 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 big, a big club um, away from home. There is something uh, that we could cover. This morning, I received a phone call at 7.30 from BBC Manchester saying, Hi, Barry, uh, would you care to say a few words? Which absolutely shoot me up because I think, oh, have they got my phone number for a start? Why are they ringing me? Anyway, they asked me to go on BBC Radio Manchester this morning with a Bolton supporter. I went on and I was quite buzzing and, and said what I thought about the night and how, how excited I were to be back in. And the book, oh, talk about the Bolton supporters. She she was asked, it was a woman, she was asked about the atmosphere after complaining about team selection. She said, Well, I don't really know because I didn't go to the game. I, I listened to it on the radio. So she said, All oh, right. He said, And I'll just like to say that Del Fonso, when we heard that he was taking what, the last penalty, with, I looked at my dad and we both said, My God, he's going to miss. He should never, ever, ever play for Bolton Wanderers again. <laughs> so, oh my goodness! And they say it's not their cup final. That was their cup final. Oh, 100 percent. I listened. I listened to this interview, Barry, and I must admit, I thought BBC Radio Manchester. What are you doing? Getting somebody who's not been to the game on to begin with. 
because there's a lot that you wouldn't have picked up, wouldn't you, just over the airwaves. But yeah, it clearly showed that it meant more to them than it did to us. Um, I mean, you could you could see yeah, it's very, it was very, very frustrating. I mean, it wasn't Del Fonto's fault. He missed the penalty and someone's got to miss, someone's going to score and it's, it's going to be over. But never play for the club again. It's a bit harsh, isn't it? It's absolutely disgraceful. What a shocking fan. Really, I can't even believe they've got that person on. Uh, they must be scraping the barrel. You know, they've gone for the creme de la creme of Wigan with Barry. And they've gone from the bottom of the league with Bolton. That, just what a horrible fan. I know we've got some like that who'll moan about anything, but why would you have someone like that on the radio? It's disgusting. I mean... Anyone can miss a penalty. Beckham's missed. That's one example. And there's many other great players. Southgate, Stuart Pearce, Marcus Rashford. And at the moment as well, with all the stick that these players have been getting on social media for missing the England penalties. And to come on, a, you know, Radio Manchester and actually go on about never playing for the club again. Give your head a wobble. Right, anyway. One thing I would say, Barry, is though, I don't know how many times you can say 18 months in a a three-minute radio interview, but very well spoken. It was was a good listen. Internationals are on the horizon and two Latics lads have already been uh, called up. Jordan Jones has been called up to the Northern Ireland set-up. And Teller Asgard today has received a call-up to the Norway under-20s squad when they face Germany. Brilliant for Tello, you know, same, same for Jordan, but testament to the hard work and, and, and how much, like for, for Tello, how much he's come on. If Jimmy Mack gets called up um, to the Republic of Ireland squad, Barry, and he's been in that squad quite a few times, hasn't he? Would that, do you think, put the Fleetwood game in doubt? Oh, definitely. Yeah, I think is it three. I think it's three. Adam, isn't it? That you can, that it takes to call the game off. Three, I think. Yeah. I mean, the only thing I'm thinking of is where are these players travelling to? Because the Premier League have pretty much said that players are not travelling to certain places. So where are our, where are the football league players going to? And then well, the football league going to come out. The fixtures were, were released uh, on on the Athletics website. Uh, I think we'd definitely take the postponement of the Fleetwood game if that's the one that falls in there. I definitely would do because I can't make it to that game. So if it gets called off, then at least I'll be able to go the second time round. I mean, it's not all about me, but let's hope it gets called off. Well, hopefully we'll have some notification in course, and it would be you know be great for for Jimmy Mack to get a well deserved call up. He's he's fantastic player, and obviously we know his heads and shoulders uh, above this league. Right, the transfer deadline is looming large and the Latics this week have been linked with at least one player that I know of and that is Taylor Moore from uh, Bristol City. I saw him play on Monday for the under-23s. He's a, he's a right-back by trade. I think he played centre-back on um, on Monday. He's played he's played for Lons or Lens or however you pronounce it. 48 times for Bristol City since 2016. He played for Bury, Cheltenham, Southend, and most recently Blackpool. And he's been capped up to under 20 level for England. Six foot two defender. Looked pretty decent, to be fair. Someone who I would possibly have in, in the squad. I think it would create good cover for that right back position. And obviously, we've got then an option for, for a centre back cover. Barry, anyone else you've heard of? 
only uh, Billy Wright, but uh, I think that's a bit dead in the water, to be honest. Uh, and I, I saw Talal's pens the other day, but I think he was referring to the Bolton game with them, weren't he? Because... I don't know if anybody knows or not, but we're not to make some penalties and it was so sweet. You know, we can see into the future, can Talal. But as far as transfer goes, no, I've not heard anything. I'll tell you what did look good, just going back to um, around the ground. I don't know if anyone noticed the uh, Believe Fans Fund boards that were up and around the ground yesterday. There was a few familiar faces, a few faces that would keep your kids away from the fireplace. Definitely one just as we went into uh, the west at uh, the east end, wasn't the Barry that would keep uh, kids away from fire? Nice to see the identity around the stadium with the branding and everything like that. I know you probably covered it on Sunday, Barry, but the uh, the Believe Fans Fund is up and running. The Believe Campaign Fans Fund, we're, we're all involved in that, aren't we? We've got our mugs up there on posters stuck around stuck around the stadium. I think they're just uh, trying to get as many. Supporters as possible on there. I think mine's been put near the canal just to keep the kids away. Personally, I think it's a great initiative. I know Adam thought the same, and you too, Si, about uh, you know it's a revenue stream for for the club, and and it's uh, thinking outside the box a little bit. Yeah, the team, the team dealing with it. You get a personal phone call, don't you? And they don't just try and get you off the phone. It was quite a nice, in-depth conversation. Really knowledgeable, and it's a good way of uh, being connected with the club and obviously it's one of those if you can afford it and you want to get on board if you can't you you know you can't it, it doesn't make you any more or any less of a fan does it we're all we're all together and we're you know we're all one big community and all one big family so if you if you've been living under a rock since last week and you don't know about it visit the club website and you'll be able to find the information on the latix fan fund uh, the Believe Fans Fund. Um, and if you've if you've really not seen it, get yourself round to the front of the West End, the Big Believe motto, and uh, some massive posters up either pillar of the glass f- uh, frontage. Right, let's turn our attentions to the big game at the weekend down at the D-Dub, where the Latics take on Portsmouth, play up Pompey. The bell ringer will no doubt be here. And it's good to have a team like this back again. There's always a always a decent atmosphere home and away with these these guys. They uh, they make make a bit of noise when there's some there. So Barry, which cream of the crop EFL ref do we have this week? The referee for the Pompey game is Chris Sergenson from Staffordshire. He's refereed the Latics four times previously, once last season which was our 1-0 defeat away to Gillingham. Chris Sergeantson's card watch for, uh, record for this season is three games, 10 yellows, no reds and one penalty award. Chris Sergeantson, he's the referee for Saturday. Previously, we've played Portsmouth, played up Pompey 21 times. We've lost 11, drawn four and we've only won the six. Last season, we lost 1-0 at home, but we did beat them 2-1 away early doors, didn't we, down at Fratton Park. Who could forget the Tom James free kick from that game? Absolute perler. It was. And didn't uh, Michael Jacobs make his uh, debut that day for Portsmouth, if I remember rightly? Adam, in traditional form, do you have a Pompey fan for us? 
I do, but um, this week uh, I felt the pressure and I handed it all over to Barry instead. Uh, Barry's tied up the deal. Yeah, I did tie up the deal. I got Andy Mitchellmore. He's uh, very well spoken. We'll just have a listen to what he says, eh? Andy Mitchellmore. It's been a really interesting start to the season, actually, at Fradden Park. So expectations were fairly low, I would say, before the season started. We didn't really have an idea of where we were going to sit because there's just been so much squad sort of um, rollover since last season. So many new players coming in and so many leaving. So I think we've had 12 players come in. So for us to go through the first four games of the season unbeaten and having not actually conceded a goal yet is, you know, far ahead of what we would have expected. And I think pretty much every Pompey fan would have snapped your hand off if you'd offered them that at the start of the season. So, yeah, we're very, very pleasantly surprised. The Cowley brothers obviously came in just towards the end of last season and they basically had a bit of a free hit in terms of the playoff push last season because, you know, we were moving in one direction and one direction only under Kenny Jacket. And for them to have, obviously, we missed out on the playoffs, but for them to have the summer to remodel the squad and kind of make it their own, really, through so many departures, it's given pretty much some sort of fresh impetus into the club. There's a really different feel around the club than there was towards the end of last season in terms of the individuals who are working, you know, for the club and the coaching staff seem extremely likable. There's a lot, well, there seems to be a lot more transparency. Um, and again, like, there, there hasn't been that expectation at the start of the season. Maybe there has been in previous years. There was always a an, an awareness that we were going to be there or thereabouts and, the pressure was on Kenny Jacket to take us up, but the Cowleys have kind of come in and kind of got a free shot at it, really. And I do I do think that they are going to be at the club long enough to take us up. I'm still not sure it's going to be this season. Um, I predicted fourth at the start of the season, and that was the highest prediction I heard from anyone. I think it was a little bit optimistic, um, but most Pompey fans were thinking sort of playoffs potentially, maybe even mid-table. But... Um, the way things are going, you know, we've still got 42 games to go, but the start couldn't really have been a huge amount better with with three wins and a draw. And even in that nil-nil draw, we missed a penalty to probably win the game. So, you know, it's not far off that it would have been four wins out of four with no goals conceded. So, yeah, I think the most, most Pompey fans are now, you know, confident that the Cowley brothers are the right combination to be at the club long-term, which is nice because the, the fan base was so divided especially towards the end under Kenny, under Kenny Jacket. We recruited, I think, extremely well this summer. There's a lot of championship experiences come into the squad. Um, huge player turnover compared to last time we played against uh, Wigan Athletic. Huge player turnover. Um, so 12 players have come in now. Uh, obviously, Jack Watmore has, has left Pompey and gone to Wigan Athletic, but we've lost or we released, whichever way you want to look at it, the sort of centre midfield sort of spine of the team in terms of Tom Naylor, Andy Cannon and Ben Close all leaving the club. So we have an entirely new centre midfield um, who have just been fantastic at the start of this season, to be honest with you, absolutely fantastic. So Sean Williams and Ryan Tunnicliffe have both come in and particularly against Crew, you know, they crew basically didn't have a centre midfield in that game because they dominated so much. I've not seen a, a more dominant centre midfield performance of Fratton Park for a very long time uh, before that game. Uh, we've also brought in Joe Morell, 
Welsh international who hasn't had a huge amount of game time for us yet. But again, he's just come back from the Euros with Wales, absolutely quality player. So centre midfield is is gone from a, a place where potentially we were really worried just before the season began to potentially our strongest place now uh, on the pitch. In terms of going forward, uh, we've brought in Gasana Hadmi. So he's on loan from, it's either Norwich or Norwich under-23s, potentially the Norwich under-23s. And he came on trial in pre-season and scored eight in four games or eight in five games to um, get himself a contract for the year. So he's on loan for the season. Um, he's not quite fired in the league yet, but we saw enough of him in the pre-seasons, you know, enough ability that I think he will fire at some point um, in the in the league season. I think in terms of players you need to be looking out for that potentially you wouldn't recognise from Pompey last season. Uh, in goal, you're probably going to notice that uh, we have Gavin Bazuna in goal now, who is on loan from Man City. And he's taken the number one shirt from Alex Bass, who was sort of our backup-ish last year, but under Craig McGillivray, who's gone to Charlton Athletic. And the fact that we haven't conceded in the first four games is largely down to Gavin Bazuna, who's been just solid. The Cowleys have brought him in because he's good with his feet and the sort of the Cowley mentality is playing out from the back and a really, really high press. Those are probably the two most obvious things watching Pompey now that the Cowleys have implemented. Um, but he's also a fantastic shot stopper, uh, Bazuni. So he, I think he's the youngest person to play for the Republic of Ireland since Shea Given. So, you know, he's promising as a as a young international player and he's won the Pompey fans over in a, in a matter of, you know, three or four games by single-handedly, you know, keeping us in games. And he was the reason we got the three points against Shrewsbury with some absolutely fantastic goalkeeping. So I think if you look at the Pompey squad, or the Pompey first 11, at least on paper, um, it probably is slightly stronger than it was at the start of last season. If you compare our, our starting 11 from the, the first game last season, I think that you're always going to be troubled by Ronan Curtis uh, on the left. Harness in, on the right is coming back from injury. Um, so he looked dangerous before missing the last game through injury, but should hopefully be back for the game this weekend. And I think you're going to see us trying to dominate midfield, I think, through through centre mid and then spread the ball quickly out wide to Harness and Curtis to attack and, and run it run at you from the wings. My prediction would it'd be hard not to predict a Pompey win, to be honest with you, based on how we've started the season. I'll go with a 1-0 Pompey win. Uh, I don't think it's going to be easy because, you know, Wigan have not had the worst start to the season in the world either, you know, winning two out of your four games. But I would back Pompey to take home the three points this weekend. And hopefully that is the right prediction. Oh, you're very confident, Adam. I mean, I suppose you can be when you've not conceded a goal all season. And we, out of our six victories, we've only beaten three times a storm since 1978. <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously they've got, they've also got a bit of squad depth as well. I mean, it looks like, um, you know, Michael Jacobs is on the edge of the team, you know, and I think, you know, we all know about his qualities. Um, they look very solid at the back uh, from what he's saying. And I can see why they're confident. You know, if we were in the same position, we would be going to Portsmouth and saying, we're going to win. A bit like Bonfire Night 2005, Chimbo on the Roberts, back of the net. Well, Pompey currently sits in the playoff basis, third in the league, joint top with Sheffield Wednesday and Wickham. I know it's early doors. 
three points for us on Saturday would take us up and around them, probably joint with them due to the the goal differences. Adam mentioned there um, they've got crackers. They lost a few players this season. McGilvery, who was linked with us at one point, who ended up at um, Charlton. They got Ryan Tunnicliffe in. Didn't do a bad job for us when he was up here at, uh, at Wigan. So that takes us on to uh, predictions. I think it's going to be a, a close, a close affair. And do you know what? I'd be happy with a draw out of this one apiece. I think then you'd look at the games that we've played this season so far to start with. Eight points from them. You wouldn't be too disappointed. Be nice for Charlie White to, to get his first, just to get that confidence in. And then Sunderland fans can start worrying about something else rather than Charlie White's goal scoring. Adam, what about yourself? Yeah, I've just been on the Pompey preview. I said my head was saying 1-1, but the way we're feeling at the moment, there's something in the air in Wigan, there's, or there's something in the water, or the beer. So I'm going for a 2-1 win, and I'm going to go nail it and what not. Barry? When you're sat in the East Stand in peace and quiet this uh, Saturday for you, no doubt, while you've not got myself and Adam shaking his tic-tacs around, how can you see uh, Saturday going? There's only one result coming here, and that's uh, a win for the Latics. We're riding the crest of a wave. There's so much positivity going through this club, on and off the pitch. All the squads together, the, the lads who are even on the fringe are as much a part of the early season success as those who are staring on the pitch each week. I just think it's a fantastic time to be following, especially after the last 18 months. There you go, I've got another one in. What am I going to go for? I think we're going to smash them 1-0. You're going to smash them 1-0? <laughs> well, Barry, i tell you what, I'd take a, a 95th minute winner again, would you? Absolutely. Yeah, it, it should be an interesting game. Portsmouth are going to be one of the runners and riders this season, aren't they? But it then it sets us up nicely to, to go into September. I think we can conclude this week's episode. Say goodbye from me. Up the ticks. Up the ticks.